welcome to another episode of the Get Back Coach, presented by Apollo Media. We have another week in the books, week nine, done, over with, and this upcoming week, we have week 10 of college football. Jay, you went on another little trip? Where were you this weekend? Yeah, I was on a staycation. I... uh I went to Rice, uh, so I, I stayed in Houston. Uh, pretty good game, though. Tulane and Rice. Uh, Tulane jumps out to an early lead. Rice with a comeback. They made this one interesting. Uh, the final score was 30-28. to 28. Uh, Tulane wins, but uh, Rice made a sweat there. And it was, uh, you know, I was tailgating with some of the Rice uh, alumni before the game, and uh, they were pretty excited about the, the game. And, it, you know, obviously it got a little bit worrisome there. Uh, it kind of looked like Tulane was going to blow them out, and then they come roaring back in the second half. So, uh, obviously, Rice, you know, we love our Rice Owls. We love Tulane, too, honestly. Mm-hmm. But this could be a fun little rivalry uh, developing between two private schools located in the, the Gulf Coast region of the United States, uh, Rice and Tulane. Uh, I think this could be one to watch going forward in the American. No, it absolutely can be. I mean, <clears throat> listen, man, Rice right now, four and four. I mean, you have a chance here if if you're the rice owls to possibly go bowling um and plus i think what's huge for rice is they have that addition with jt daniels um and he's still healthy correct he is yes yeah so i think that right there at least gives you a boost um in your offensive game there um i mean look at at those last four games for them smu is going to be tough. UTSA will be, t- but here's the thing with UTSA. UTSA is really banged up. Yeah. This is, this is not the road runners that we thought were going to be, or we thought were going to dominate um, in the beginning of the year. And listen, Charlotte, who has very much improved, but they can beat Charlotte. They can be Florida Atlantic. There is a legitimate chance. The rice owls, um, get to six wins this year and go bowling. And I think that's all you can ask for for Rice. Yeah, and I mean, obviously they want more, but uh, everybody wants more from their program if you're not winning a national title. Uh, SMU and UTSA, both on that schedule, uh, are still undefeated in the American. Uh, mm-hmm. So it is kind of bad luck to get Tulane, SMU, and UTSA three weeks in a row. Uh, but I do think that they can beat that UTSA team. Uh I think they can beat Charlotte, and I think they can beat FAU. Uh, you need to win two of those last uh, last four games, and I think Rice can do it. Yeah. Um, we're going to move on with some other uh, recapping, but let's start with uh, a personal scare for me. Penn State, um, 33-24 against Indiana. Listen, I've said this for a while to a lot of Penn State fans, that Indiana this year is not going to look good. However... They have so much senior and graduate students on their roster that there's a chance that they might have that they may that's upset somebody and they almost did it to Penn State. Um, now, I will say uh, that that score was tied with about three minutes to go. Um, and credit to Indiana. Because they fought, like it looked like in the second half, Penn State was going to um, start to run away. But Indiana just kept getting us. They always seem like they just, they got a stop or they got something that prolonged this game. And Indiana did a great job of shortening the game, did a great job of sustaining drives. But I think the big thing, Jay, and I don't know if you saw this, Drew Allard throws his first interception. Indiana is down three on the Penn State 25, and Tom Allen calls three runs in a row. Now, I'm going to correct myself there because that's what I was seeing a lot in uh, social media. First two are RPOs, and they, again, um, Sorsby reads run, or sorry, they read, yeah, they read, Sorsby reads run. Um, and gives you know gives two handoffs, and then the last one, I think Tom Allen's like, okay, I'm just gonna like try and put field position here, uh, make it an easier kick. Uh, and then Penn State comes and went three plays. Throw Drew Aller throws an absolute bomb, a play that looked very similar to um, two plays at against Ohio State, where 
he doesn't even look at one-on-one coverage. Um, so what Penn State fans could take away from this game, because I know Penn State fans listen, two things. One, the defense is going to be okay. Uh, 14 points of Indiana's were because of a coverage breakdown. Um, that is not going to happen again. The, that is Indiana taking advantage of a huge Penn State mistake. That's not going to happen again. As far as the offense goes, listen, I know it didn't look pretty. However, Drew Aller is starting to get comfortable running the football. I think that is huge for him. I think it's going to help out this offense. Also, And also, also, I think Aller is starting to look downfield a lot more. And I think he's starting to feel a little bit more comfortable throwing to guys that are open. Now, Jay, there is a difference between high school open and college open. Is this correct? That is very correct. Uh, and then there's also a difference between college open and NFL open. Right. And, uh, and- but, yeah, it's uh, it's wild how, how much the difference can affect people. Uh, and it, it, you, you get high school open where guys are literally – wide open it's what you picture when you say somebody open uh i would say college is like a step and then nfl is like a half a step right and i think he's getting comfortable doing that he's got to get better and i know the 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 problem is also these receivers aren't burners that this is probably the worst receiving core maybe i've ever seen at penn state and that's saying something because Penn State's really not known for for producing great receivers constantly. So um, this receiving core isn't great. They're not going to get major separation. Uh, but I think we're starting to see Aller turn a corner right now. And I think it's going to be – I think we're really going to see what he's made of this weekend against Maryland. But we will get that to that later on. Um, let's talk about your Aggies, man. Uh, Texas A&M, 9-1 versus the Gamecocks since joining the SEC. So, Jay, you've never lost to South Carolina. Uh, no, we never did when I was there. And uh, we had the one loss last year was was the first Texas A&M loss to South Carolina. Uh, yeah, I'm going to miss this being a yearly game because it uh, usually worked out well for us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I just got done doing my podcast with, with Mike Craven, uh, Aggie Warpod, which is focused mainly on on, on Texas A&M. And, you know, it, it wasn't a pretty game. It was it was kind of a boring game, if we're being honest. But the, the Texas A&M defensive line and, and front seven is just so good this year. And Edger and Cooper, uh, he, he made a play on a screen where he defeated three different blockers uh, to make the tackle. Uh and it was one of the most beautiful things I've seen. And he's just having such a great year at the linebacker position. Uh, he's going to end up raising his draft stock dramatically. I think PFF graded him out at like a 96 or something. And and he's been, he's the sack leader for Texas a this year. I mean, he's been all over the field and uh, he's been really a revelation at a position that was, I thought the biggest question mark going into this year was linebacker play. Uh, Edrin Cooper has, has stepped up and just been, uh incredible for the aggies and uh, the defense you know powers them to another another uh great performance 33 yards rushing i think for south carolina so uh they continue to be so much better against the run than they were last year that it's crazy no i um yeah that i think that's big for a and up what's their record right now jay uh five and three i want to say so not i mean I, i know um a little disappointing but not awful. I think they can, you know, I think yeah, look, def- the you have a loss at home to Alabama, okay. uh, which isn't a bad loss. You have a loss on the road to Tennessee. I don't think that's a terrible loss. Both of those are by one score. Uh, really, the puzzler was the loss to Miami early in the season. Yeah, uh, that that's just kind of a it was a weird, weird loss. And uh, A&M's defense hasn't come close to giving up that many points in a game again. Uh so that one kind of feels like a fluky loss, but you know, Tennessee and, and Alabama, not bad losses. Now you have Ole Miss and LSU left on the schedule, uh, which are both going to be very tough games. Uh, Mississippi state, I think is a, is a pretty winnable game. And then you have the classic sec late season game, uh, against Abilene Christian, uh, which, which 
hopefully I don't need to talk about. Yeah. Uh, but AM should at minimum get to uh get to six wins in a bowl. Uh again, that's probably not gonna be enough for Jimbo. Uh I think he needs to win at least one of those road games against Ole Miss and LSU to keep a job. Yeah, I think does eight and four it, we always come back to it. Does eight and four keep your job? I think this year it does. Uh especially because you also still have a top ten recruiting class. Right. Uh if the wheels fall off recruiting wise, then I think you could see some changes happen. And I do think they need to make a change at the offensive line coach uh, with Adazio. I think that just hasn't worked out. Uh, but eight and four, I think, saves his job. If he doesn't win on the road at Ole Miss and at LSU, like he has to get one of them. He doesn't have to get both of them, but he has to get at least one of those to get to eight and four. Uh, I think you look at, you know, two more road losses, you're 0 10 on the road against SEC opponents in the last 10 games. Uh, I think that pretty much seals the deal. Yeah, and I'm kind of surprised that, like, their offense, like, their offensive line isn't that great with Adazio because, like, he that, that guy was an okay head coach. Like, he wasn't a terrible head coach. And usually when those head coaches go back to skill, um, a, a skill group or a position group, they usually do pretty well because, they uh, you know, they have less on their plate. They're a lot more personal with their guys. Um, so I am kind of surprised that it hasn't really been working out that well for him. Yeah, and it, it's weird. It feels like with AM the issue is it's a mismatch of personnel and scheme. Uh I feel like if AM and, and maybe this is more Petrino than than Jimbo, but uh if AM ran more of a, a gap blocking scheme as opposed to a zone blocking scheme, uh I, I feel like it would suit this offensive line better. They're bigger guys. I mean, you're averaging, I think, like 320, 330 on the offensive line. Uh, I think the zone just doesn't play to their strengths as much. Uh, and, and for those that are listening, wondering what the difference is between gap scheme and, and zone scheme and blocking, uh, gap is going to be more of like your man-on-man power, ISO, things like that. Uh, a zone blocking is, like it sounds, blocking for for zone-type running attacks. Uh, and it, it really is more side to side than than base blocking and, and, and doubling and, and getting upfield. Uh, and I, I just, you know, with the size that AM has on the offensive line, I just think it'd be better suited for gap blocking. Yeah. And we will get to AM's game against Ole Miss later on in the episode. Now, this next game, Jay, maybe game of the day. Kansas beats Oklahoma 38 33. Uh, Jason Bean, backup quarterback extraordinaire, uh, has a really big day for Kansas. Um, and listen, uh, get your Stefan voice from SNL. This game had everything, uh, you know, turnovers. Uh, it had a j- jacked crowd in Lawrence. They brought down the goalposts. They threw the goalposts into the river after the game. Uh, you know, you Oklahoma lets them score so that they could get the ball back. And listen, this Kansas team, this is a decent Kansas team. This Kansas team should be a lot better. They're missing Jalen Daniels, their quarterback. But Jason Bean, it, not Jalen Daniels, but still a solid quarterback. And I'm not sure what his year is, Jay, Jason Bean, but you got to be thinking that he might be thinking transfer. Okay. Like he keeps coming into these games. He keeps doing well. You know, you got to be thinking that he might transfer after this year's over. Yeah. And uh, I'm not sure what his uh, classification he, is either. He's redshirt I imagine senior. it's over. Is he a redshirt senior. Yeah. It's but, over. but does he have the COVID year? Ooh, that's the thing. If he has the COVID year, which he should. Yeah. So, so yeah. then he has, so he has oh, one more actually, year. You know left. what? I don't think that he does. Why? It looks like his first year was UNT in 2018. Uh, and he redshirted. So mm-hmm. 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022, 2023, that's five years. So if he's redshirted and then also use the COVID year, I think to still be at Kansas, I could be wrong on that. Mm, okay. I don't know. Anyway, Jason, I, I Bean, agree with you though. <laughs> great backup quarterback though. But Jay, what I want to ask you is, um, did Oklahoma make make the right decision to let them score? 
I think it was. Uh, just like at that at that point in the game, I think it was a, a better decision. Uh, you know, we can we can nitpick that, and and maybe it's it's better uh, to not. But but really, like if you don't trust your defense, I don't think you have a choice there. Right. Yeah, it, it's think of it like this. Do you think you have a better shot of letting them score and then scoring with a minute to go or 53, 54 seconds to go? Or do you have a better feeling of something uh, bad happening for Oklahoma on the field goal of a legitimate chip shot of 20 yards? I think I would put the I think I would put the ball in the in the hands of the I would put the ball in the hands of the offense. Yeah, especially with the year right that Dylan Gabriel has been having. Yes. I don't fault Oklahoma at all. I think it was the right decision. I think if you um, argue the decision, uh, I think you're just looking at it through hindsight's rose-colored glasses. Um, big win for Kansas, though. Rock Chalk Jayhawk, baby. Yeah, sold uh, out David Booth, Kansas Memorial Stadium. Lance Leipold. How long is he at Kansas for? Uh, honestly? You know, they're doing renovations. Uh, they're putting more money into the football stadium. And they gave him a pretty good contract last year. I would not be surprised to see him say he's also not a younger guy. Uh, I think that's the other part of this equation. Uh, I don't know how much more he wants to move around. So uh, this could end up being a good spot for him, especially OU and Texas leaving the Big 12. You have a chance to, to, to kind of get to the top of that conference next year. Big 12 is going to be the fun conference. It's not going to be, it's not going to have any like blue bloods, but it's going to have a lot of fun teams. It's going to be a great basketball conference too. And it's going to be a great basketball conference. Yeah. It's can't wait for that. Good. One of the good things about uh, conference realignment. Um, This next one, we don't have to spend too much time on it, but Oregon dominates Utah in the muss. This is a game. When you looked at the line, I did bet on Oregon to cover a six and a half in Utah. Because when you look at that line, you're like, absolutely no way. There is no way Utah loses. Like the the spread just looked way too big. And it's in Utah, a place that Utah seems like a totally different team. They just, you know, beat USC um, and pretty much manhandle them. And you think, okay, this is going to be a close game. You know, six and a half is a lot for that. No. Oregon just dominated from the start. Oregon dominated this game from the absolute start. Yeah, and Oregon's just a much more complete team than USC is, uh, which has really been the story of USC this year, and I'm sure we'll get to it here shortly. Uh, you know, Utah is just still really struggling without uh, Cam Rising offensively. They just, you know, obviously they were able to score against USC last week, but I think that could be more indicative of USC than it is of Utah finding something offensively. Uh, and it, it's tough to have two matchups of this caliber back to back as well. Uh, I don't want to overlook that, but yeah, I mean, Oregon feels like the best one loss team in the country right now. Uh, yeah, they're, they're very good. Uh, very, com- like you said, a very complete team. Uh, we're going to move to the East coast in the ACC. Uh, two basketball schools are ranked. Uh, Louisville beats Duke. Now, when I first saw this score, Jay, I was like, all right, L- Riley Leonard isn't back yet, but oh, he played. And after watching this back, he did not look like himself. Um, offense at the line didn't look great. Uh, this offense was just couldn't get anything going. Um, and it led to Louisville winning this game and shutting out the Duke Blue Devils. Uh, Duke falls to five and three. Uh, Jay, how do you think they fare the rest of the way? Uh, Here's the thing. Duke's five and three, but uh, those losses are to Notre Dame, Florida State, and Louisville. There's no shame in those losses. You get Wake Forest, Virginia, and Pitt in the back half of this year. Uh, Those should all three be wins for Duke. Uh, North Carolina is going to be a little bit tougher of a game, but I think that's winnable for the Blue Devils as well, Uh, especially after what North Carolina did this week. Uh, Mm -hmm. But... yeah, it's tough. I, I, I just hope Riley Leonard can get healthy because he obviously was not 100% against Louisville. Uh, definitely wasn't 100% against Florida State either. And yeah. 
he's he's a very talented individual, and it, it just seems like this team kind of needs him to to really live up to their standards. But uh, I think there's still plenty of winnable games on the schedule for Duke to close out strong. Do you think? Let's just say Duke loses another game. Okay, I I do think they're going to end the season eight and three, or sorry, eight and four, which I think for for Duke football that's amazing. They dropped to seven and five. Is there still going to be power five programs going after Mike Elko for head coach? I think so. Yeah. Because you look at what he's been able to do defensively with Duke uh, and with a hurt quarterback, and it's still a very impressive season, in in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, Plus, he pretty much ended Clemson. Uh, which which is nice to see. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, yeah, it, Mr. Ms. Sanctimonious Dabo. Um, and I will say this, and we're not going to recap the the clubs. Actually, we are going to let's let's hold that clubs and thought for a little bit later. Um, we're going to move back to the West Coast. USC survives Cal fifty to forty nine. Um, Jay, a little protest before the game. Nothing wrong with a little protest in my book. Call me a hippie. Call me whatever. Uh, listen, uh, I know a lot of people in the college football world got uh, their feathers ruffled because there was a protest before the game. I mean, hey, I think it makes the country great, but that is just me. A uh, little protest to get the juices flowing in Berkeley. But USC, 50-49, to 49, USC's defense is a problem not in the new sense of the word where it's really good but the old sense of the word that it's a complete liability for this entire team because they have a pretty good offense and it's going to waste because of this defense because it is bad um cal goes for two at home at the end of the game jay right decision yes or no uh it's the right decision just because you know it's cal uh you know what your program is, and normally I know the math says that you go for to it uh, away and you play for the tie at home and for overtime. Uh, but but I like Cal's decision to go for it here. And honestly, I'd be more surprised if there wasn't a protest in Berkeley. Uh, I'm I'm surprised they don't protest every game. No, like <laughs> not making a joke, but that does tend to be a a, a place where protests are pretty. Uh, uh, let's just say it's a very active student. Uh, student base so there we go uh you know i'm, I'm really surprised that we haven't seen more cal <laughs> protests uh but either way i agree with the decision to go for two here uh man it is it's kind of disappointing to see what this usc uh team has kind of become uh but i guess it's uh it's what OU fans have been saying was going to be the issue <laughs> since the move happened and it's kind of coming home to roost isn't it yeah, um, I also like the idea for going for two, and uh, and I know they um, the chart or the analytics, whatever you're going to go by, is going to say no. You go for the tie at home. If you were away, you go for it. No, it's Cal. It's against USC. You're a heavy underdog. You go for two there. You have nothing to lose. Also, with USC's defense, there you might they might score every time on you in overtime. So you might as well go for the win there. Uh, I liked that decision, but. USC survives another one. Uh, I don't know if you saw their schedule, the last three games that USC has. I did not. Home with Washington, at Oregon, home against UCLA. They could end up losing all three of those games. They could. could. I don't think they will, but I I think... They could very well lose all three games. It would not surprise me that much. I I have a little bit of a hot take coming later on um, on the show with regards to that. Um, the NBC game, Ohio State versus Wisconsin. Ohio Here comes Saturday night. <laughs> it's starting to grow on me a little bit. Um, it's good, dude. I'm telling it you. Is. It's I, catchy. It, here's my problem with the NBC. I don't know if anyone else um, feels like this. They don't have the mics for the crowd noise. So it feels very quiet. Every time there's a game on NBC, it seems like it's very quiet. Now, I always thought NBC, that's just Notre Dame. That's because that's, you know, Notre Dame, they all sit on their hands and they're 800 years old. Um, But every game, it just seems like there, there is no real crowd noise. It doesn't feel like a, like a giant game atmosphere. Um, 
it feels very pro. It feels very corporate. But again, that's what uh, NBC is. Um, but for the game, Ohio State, uh, 14-point win over Wisconsin, 24-10. Late in this game, Jay, Brad, I believe it was Brad Nessler, says uh, this is the same position Penn State it was in last week, and it was 17-10. to 10. Before the Buckeyes sealed the game with one of their longer touchdowns. And as soon as he said that next play, Travion Henderson touchdown, like 25, 30 yard run. It was almost like in, if you watched um, old school WWF, where the announcers would um, reference something from last week and then something, and then like it come to fruition later, like five minutes later. It's like yeah. it planted the seed in your head. Oh, I better watch for this. And then bam, it happens. Um, listen, Marvin Harrison Jr. is the best receiver in the country. And there, if he is not in the top three for Heisman voting, uh, it's the, the whole Heisman thing is a sham because he is single-handedly their air attack. Stover, their tight end is good, but there ain't another guy on that team with a buka out. That can even come close. I believe Kyle McCord, it just find Marvin. Find Marvin. And I, I think that's um that's huge for Ohio State right now. Plus, this Ohio State defense is good. We I know a lot of people had question marks, especially with their interior. This Ohio State defense is good. Um Jay, Ohio State, top four team in the country. Yes or no? Uh, they would be in my playoff rankings today. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you couldn't look at their resume. Yeah, with with the wins over Penn State and Notre Dame, I think they have two better wins. Like they they're the only team in the country that has two wins that good, in my opinion. And then you gotta go to like they just had this win at Wisconsin. Like, and I know Wisconsin's not like the Wisconsin of old, but it's still that is a nighttime ruckus environment against a Wisconsin team who's okay they're decent so yeah i i I think ohio state is the real i i believe they are the real deal and honestly i think they're the third best team in the country uh georgia georgia michigan so i have michigan at number one georgia two ohio state three yeah yeah washington four yes that jay you and i are on on the same page same page Yep. Yep. Oh, great. We're doing a mind meld right now. You yeah. can't see this on this the is, pod, but this is terrible. We're mind melding. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, using the using the telekinesis. Um, but yeah, Buckeyes. This is a really good Buckeyes team. Um, uh, and it's crazy, dude. I saw. Uh, I think it was Mr. Ohio. Which Mr. Ohio, if you're listening, I am a fan of your stuff, Mr. Ohio. He's a big ten gent, but um, he made a comment. He's like. Uh, this this off or this defense is this generational defense is going to waste because of the offense. I'm like, dude, you you don't you're still undefeated. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you're you're going to win the rest of the way a- until you play Michigan. Like, they're already talking about losing. Like the the season being ruined. I don't know. But again, every Jay, uh, this is, we should put it on a shirt. Everyone wants to be a step closer to where their feet are right now. Ohio State wants to be Georgia. Penn State wants to be Ohio State. Maryland wants to be Penn State. Rutgers wants to be Maryland. It's it's the the vicious cycle we are all in as football fans um and let's go to pack 12 after let's go to pack 12 after dark what a game man uh arizona beats oregon state 27 24 uh listen uh i still believe in beaver fever i think they're going to get a get right game uh against colorado this week man jed fish just continues to impress in arizona um, I don't know. They are they ranked? They're not ranked yet, are they? No, they have three losses. Uh, yeah, so I guess not. 
Yeah, they had the the loss to Mississippi State on the road earlier this season. That kind of hurts them gonna, a little bit. That kills them. Yeah, that's tough because then you have two more losses: one to Washington by a Which, touchdown, right? Not a bad loss. Not a bad loss uh, at, at USC by two points. Not a bad not loss. A, no, they got six votes. They got six votes. And um, you have a chance to beat another ranked team in UCLA this week. Uh, another Pac-12 after dark game at home. So that's I know that one's going to be good. That one's going to be good. Um, yeah. Uh, listen, I love what Arizona's doing. I love what Jed Fish is doing. That's another guy to keep your name, uh, keep an eye on. Maybe not at the end of this year, but maybe at the end of next year. He's he, he's building something in Arizona, and that again, a fun team to watch going into the Big Twelve next year. Gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, Oregon State, I still believe in Beaver Fever. Um, I know a lot of people ripped Oregon State for going for two. Or sorry, not going for two. Uh, faking the field goal uh, at the end of the first half. And even though I don't love the call, um, listen, if the, one block and he's gone. Okay, that guy makes a block, gone. And now we're talking. Then we're talking about how it would. It was a genius. A genius call, but um, no, I uh, I still got Beaver Fever. I still like the Pac-12. Pac-12, top to bottom, is consistently good everywhere. Problem is with the Pac-12, they do not have that. I mean, they do have Washington. So I think I don't Oregon know. is arguably right there too. Yeah, maybe. Can the Pac-12 is the Pac-12 the best conference in college football right now? I think the argument could be made. The argument, 100%. If Washington and Oregon are on par with Michigan, Ohio State, and Georgia, and Alabama, you have it. Because then you have like three Penn States there with Oregon State and uh, I guess oh UCLA. So maybe two yeah. with Oregon State, UCLA. I figure there's who am I forgetting in the, in the middle there? USC, oh, USC. is there, uh, which I, I guess those teams are more in the back half of the teams, but still you have three other ranked teams where other conferences don't have them. And I'll tell you what, I would put the three ranked Pac-12 teams against the three SEC teams that are ranked past Alabama and Georgia. I'd do it. I don't disagree with you. I mean. Oh, and we're, well, I have lots of thoughts about one particular SEC school, and we're going to get to it later on. But Oop. oh yeah, scores from other games. Uh, in case you missed it, uh, North Carolina loses to Georgia Tech, forty-six forty-two. Uh, this defense is costing North Carolina wins. North Carolina has a liability on their hands with their defense. Georgia Tech should not be scoring 46 on you. It's kind of like a USC type deal. It is. It's kind of like a USC. I think I would put take USC's offense. I would. I would take USC's offense over North Carolina's, but Mac Brown's got to figure something out on the defensive end of the football. Um, oh, Jay, did you see the pit score last on Saturday? <laughs> did you uh, see that? It seems like they are in a pit. Uh, they are in a of, pit. Of misery. Pit- Pit of misery, pit of despair. Couldn't happen to a better guy. Good job, Nardog. You blowhard <laughs> buffoon. 58 to 7. Notre Dame just manhandles Pit. And then the oh, Nardog, man. Nardog at the end has the audacity to say, well, you know, we replaced a lot of players last year and we just didn't good we didn't have a good job replacing them for this year. Sold his players under the bus. You got a couple players quote tweeting it. It's over. I'm telling you. It, I think I think Pitt is done with Narduzzi. It sure feels th- that way. I think it's over. And listen, man, he won that conference championship. And when he won the conference championship, it was it may have been the worst thing to happen because now I think the Pitt rebuild is going to be a lot bigger now than um, if it was, if they would have went their typical eight and four. 
If they go eight and four in 2000, was it 2021? 2021. They go eight and four. They fired our doozy. At least you have something there for the next coach. Now you're on a full rebuild mode, full yep. rebuild mode. Uh, now, granted, obviously Pitt wants to keep that conference championship. And yes, conference championships are awesome. But now uh, that was their peak. They were never going to reach that again. Um, and now you're in a full, you're in a full rebuild in Pitt. And you know what? Pat Narduz, it couldn't happen to a better guy. Um, I will miss the banter in the off season that he drums up against Penn state. Um, you gotta have somebody to root against. I know. Uh, remember, uh, Oh, if you're Michigan, by the way, Michigan state, I think the only other thing is, that Michigan State sees this decline, and now they're not even considering Narduzzi. Because I believe that was a thought. Pat Narduzzi was 100% going in, uh, going into this year a thought. If Michigan State was, I think, we, I mean, Mel Tucker was already kind of on a very warm seat going into the year, and I think a lot of, Mich- I think there was a good amount of Michigan State fans who actually thought, hmm, maybe Pat Narduzzi would work. This right there. Out. And I think Narduzzi, I, I don't know what he does. He's going to go back to being a defensive coordinator. Where to? I have no idea. But um, listen, don't be upset. Um, don't cry because it's over, Pit fans. Smile because it happened. <laughs> um, we're going over uh, to the Mountain Best. Air Force beats Colorado State 30-13. to 13. Um, This Jay, I did not realize, and I pride myself on knowing like all these rivalries. The Ram Falcon Trophy. Yeah, this is. I I think you have talked about this one before, correct? I have. It's. I did not realize like how big of a rivalry this this is. On top of that, Colorado State students throwing snowballs at the Air Force players, where they had to physically move the the student section fifteen rows up. I love that. Uh, I mean, as long as nobody gets hurt, I think it's kind of funny. Uh, plus, like the visual of a snow game, it was fun to get a snow game this early in the year. First one of the year, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, and it looks good out there in the in the mountains of Colorado, uh, Fort Collins. You know, uh, <clears throat> I'm not going to say that I encourage people to throw things at, at student athletes, no. but uh, if you're going to throw something, a snowball isn't the worst thing to throw. <laughs> Just make sure there's no ice in there. Yeah, uh, but Air Force, uh, I think uh, I think they may be the best group of five team this year. I mean, they have looked dominant in the Mountain West so far, uh, undefeated. Uh, it's kind of what we expected from them last year, right? Like we talked about them, hyped them up as a, as a team to watch, and it seems like they're living up to it this year. No, yeah, and again, they were good last year, Jay. They were 9-3, and three, but I think that they, they had a couple early losses, and I think people kind of um, – kind of counted them out a little bit. They didn't get a lot of recognition because they had some early losses this year, though, different story. They are cruising right now. Um, yeah. Air force really good right now. And they're looking like the favorite to get a BCS or I'm um, sorry, a new Year's six bowl. I, I, I think they're going to end up being the team. Yeah. And it's tough. Like, cause Tulane could still run the table and be, uh, a really good team, but with that one loss to Ole Miss, it, it could keep them out, which kind of sucks, right? Yeah. Uh, if Air Force goes undefeated. Uh, but, I mean, man, if there's a way we can get both of those teams in, I would love that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know if I'd love it because that takes a spot away from Penn State because that's yeah. something like where they're going right now. Um, but, no, it's, it's it's great for Air Force. Uh, you got to love when the military academies are doing well. Um, and then the last game uh, we're going to talk about, uh, Clemson drops to four and four on the year. NC State is five and three. I don't think people thought NC State, I think they're going to be in a heavy rebuild mode this year. They're really rebounding quite well. Five and three right now, uh, better than a lot, a lot of people thought. And... Um, uh, Dave Dorian shouts out Steve Smith from College Game Day. Steve Smith said, made a comment, NC State, they're just waiting for basketball to start. 
And Dave Dorian replies with, Steve Smith can kiss my ass. This ain't just a basketball school. Um, I love it. Great. Uh, listen, NC State, five and three. I think you got to be happy if you're a Wolfpack fan of how well you've rebounded this year. Yeah, the uh, I think the loss to Louisville stings a little bit more now, knowing what uh, – like, I mean, you know that Louisville is a, is a good team in the ACC, but if you win that game, all of a sudden, you still have an outside shot at the ACC championship. Uh, now it's like, well, you can still finish the season pretty strong, uh, but but you need some help to really make it to that game. Uh Miami, Wake Forest, Virginia Tech, North Carolina left on the schedule. Winnable games, uh, but not easy by any means. I think they still end up losing probably one or two at least. Uh, but yeah, they they have bounced back. They bounced back from that Duke loss uh, in a big way, uh, and I don't think we expected it. And obviously, I mean, Clemson two and four in ACC play now. No, yeah. Um, can I say something nice about Dabo? I, I, I'm not a fan of Dabo. I'm not. Very sanctimonious person. I'll, however, I will give him some credit. Every time it seems like he loses, I feel like he does it gracefully. I feel like, because every time he has that handshake, he's always like puts the hand on the guy's shoulder and he like, you know, because we've seen coaches that just handshake gone. Like, but it seem, it seems like he is gracious in defeat. So if you have to have a positive about Dabo Sweeney, it's at least he's gracious in defeat. So I can, I can at least say that about the man. Um, He's very annoying though. And I don't love his (laughs) antics, but we can say that Um, Jay, it is time for the FCS minute. The FCS minute is presented by could be you. Um, sponsor us yeah possibly you dm us our dms are opened they're like 7-eleven they are always opened uh we're always Jay, doing business are... but we're always open <laughs> oh that's uh, a great boondock saints reference right there. oh yeah uh so we'll start FCS with minute. last week yeah week nine uh idaho with the big upset over number two montana state in the kibby dome uh you love to see that big sky conference obviously a lot week 10 uh, it's a big week 10. There's a lot of good games. Uh, you have the Dakota marker, number 10, North Dakota State at number one, South Dakota State. You have number seven, Sacramento State at number three, Montana. You have number two, Furman at number 13, University of Tennessee, Chattanooga. And you have number 12, South Dakota at number 11, Southern Illinois. It is a good week for FCS wow. football. Uh, those are some good matchups that you're going to want to tune into. And that is your FCS Minute presented by possibly you. that's that's a fantastic card for the day yeah that's a great slate um and you know it's i I was talking to you before but this week coming up looks like it's going to be the week of chaos and you have that slate for the fcs you have a great slate of college football in the fbs this this is this is probably going to be the best week of college football we've seen so far, and we've had some pretty solid weeks. Um, absolutely wonderful, and we're going to get started with that preview. Week ten, it's going to start on Friday. The first big game is on Friday. Battle for the Golden Boot, Colorado State at Wyoming. Wyoming is a seven point home favorite. Cal- the Pokes have to rebound off of it, off of a rough game against Boise State they did lose um I don't know in this one I really don't I I expect Wyoming to win this game and I expect them to cover but I don't know what Colorado State we're gonna or Colorado State team we're gonna see this weekend yeah Colorado State's been kind of up and down I'm expecting Wyoming to do better uh but man I can't believe you're just glazing over the fact that midweek action's back Oh, it, well, it is. Midweek Maction is Oh, man. Is back. I guess because we've had the midweek uh, Conference USA games, but right. the inventor of the midweek games, they're, they're back. Yes, the the innovators. The innovators of, I don't know, the, the innovators of the midweek yeah. are back. We also have a big, uh, big Sunbelt clash on Thursday between South Alabama and Troy. 
Yes. Also, I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. No, you're fine. You, you are fine. <laughs> no. All right. If tonight, Halloween, it is spooky season. Uh, Northern Illinois at Central Michigan, Buffalo at Toledo. Uh, Buffalo at Toledo should be a pretty good match matchup. On Wednesday, we're continuing with matching. Ball State at Bowling Green. Kent State at Akron. Uh, Kent State Akron, I believe that's for the wagon wheel, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's also for um, last place in the conference. Yes, also for last place in the conference. Um, and you know what? Hell with it. Since we're already there, Thursday, TCU at Texas Tech. Um Duke is trying to get right against Wake Forest. Uh, this one actually is one that I should have. Blame me for this one, Jay. South, South Alabama, Alabama at Troy. It's a Troy. good game. South Alabama at Troy on Thursday night. Um, that is going to be a very good game. Uh, let's just check out this line right here. Troy is a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Listen, uh, South Alabama probably a little – uh, probably a little disappointing this year. I really thought they were going to be better. Um, Troy is as advertised. I really like the running back, Troy, uh, vital. But, yeah. See, I don't know. I don't know if this line is just going to be keeping it close just because USA, uh, USA should be better. Um, but I do like Troy in the rushing attack. Um, but, yeah, there we go. There's some There's some of your midweek, your midweek games for you. Um, to tune into, but, and of course, Friday battle for the golden boot, Colorado state at Wyoming. Uh, Colorado state's been up and down. I think pokes get right though. I, I think, I think Wyoming gets right against this one. It's going to be a rivalry uh, matchup too. So it's going to be a, like, this is another pretty big rivalry game for it Colorado is. state and uh, Wyoming. These two teams don't like each other at all. Uh, there's some not so friendly uh, words in this border war up in the Rocky mountains. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I do like Wyoming in this one. Yeah. The ROTC, they take, don't they take the, the boot to the home field because there's only like, how many miles separate these two? Not a lot, right? Uh, it's. I think they they do that, but it's it's not a fun journey. I don't think by any oh, means. Oh, it's not a fun. So Fort Collins to. Here, Fort I want to say it's like a forty-five minute drive, but. Sixty-five miles. It's an mm-hmm. hour, an hour drive. So so oh so yeah, this is not a this is not a fun walk. Uh, especially at elevation. Yes, especially at elevation. But, they, but I'm pretty sure that they do that. I think it's more of like a relay, though. Oh, okay. Like I think they split it up. I could be wrong sp- on that. Okay, that would make it a lot. Um, that would make it a lot easier and probably more practical. Um, yeah. now let's get to Saturday. Kansas State at Texas. Texas, a four and a half point favorite. Um, man, I don't know. Uh, I I want to take Kansas State. I do Especially wonder if Quinn, Quinn Ewers is going to be back. Yeah. That's a big question. I think question, that's going to be huge. Although I will say Kansas State did just blow out Houston. Maybe they come back down to earth a little bit. I think I like Texas in this matchup. I don't have strong feelings about this one. Uh, I'm staying away from it. Okay. Uh, next one, your Aggies. Texas A&M at Ole Miss. Ole Miss is a three-point favorite. Uh, Texas A&M. Money line. It's happening. <laughs> and again, I do not bet the Aggies uh, for good reason. Uh, on Aggie Warpod, I gave a prediction of Ole Miss 27, Texas A&M 20. Uh, I think 30 is a magic number. If Texas A&M gets to 30 points, they win. I I just think that, and, and this isn't Ole Miss's fault, okay? I just feel like every year Ole Miss gets away with just beating um, I know I'm going to sound like a giant hypocrite because this is what people say Penn State is, but I just feel like Ole Miss always ends up getting upset and it comes crashing to reality. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like they take advantage. They win a lot of close games against opponents that they probably should be blowing out. And then they're, I will say that this year they have the win over LSU. That was a good one. 
They do. They do. They do have the win over LSU. And the Tulane win is is honestly aging pretty well as well. It is. I I don't know. Maybe it's just I don't. I don't try. Maybe it is a bias that I have, and I'm trying to I'm trying to recognize my bias, but I don't trust Ole Miss ever. I don't think they're a sustainable program. I don't think they play good defense. I think their offense is good in spurts. I don't trust Ole Miss. Texas A&M is going to get after their offense, and Ole Miss's defense is overrated. It's not good. Texas A&M beats Ole Miss in Oxford. Mark it down. Yeah, the, the problem is A&M's offense is also not good. Uh, the the light, if you're an Aggie fan, is the fact that A&M has been so damn good against the rushing attack this year, uh, just about every game. And Ole Miss is going to rely on Quinchon Jenkins and, and uh, the other guy there, Ulysses Bentley, the fourth. Uh, those two guys are going to be, I think, the the weapon of choice for Ole Miss. And if A&M can slow them down like they have other rushing attacks this year, uh, A&M has a real shot to win this one. I, I do. I like A&M, um, which leads to our next game, Notre Dame at Clemson. Notre Dame is a three-point favorite on the road, and Clemson's going to beat them. Uh, Clemson beats Notre Dame. Everyone has counted Clemson out. Uh, I think Notre Dame, after just killing Pitt, is going to have a bit of a reality check, especially against that Clemson defense. This is going to be ugly. Um, do we have the over-under here? Uh, gotta, I can find we, it. Let's try and sh- check if we can find this over-under because this is a game that I would say that you need to check the under here. Un- over-under is set at 45, and I tell you what, I think I like the under here. I like Clemson plus three, and I like under 45. Yeah, so I'm with you on the under, but I think Notre Dame kills them. I think Clemson is dead. I think uh, think people are right to count them out. Yeah. Okay. I think Clemson Clemson's going to beat them. Clemson in Death Valley also paired that with under 45. You got to remember, Notre Dame smoked this team last year. 45-20. I'm aware. I'm aware. <laughs> I'm aware. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Mizzou at Georgia. Uh, Georgia is minus fifteen. I am. Look, I'm. I'm. I don't think they're going to win, but I like Mizzou to keep this one close. They did last year. They did, and I like. I just. I like Mizzou's defense. I like Mizzou's defense. What worries me though is if Georgia gets up early, Mizzou's not going to have an answer. Um, that's what worries me. I would stay away from this line. Um, I would stay away from the line. However, under 56, I do like under 56. I think this is going to be, um, this game might be a little ugly. Um, but Georgia has been looking like they are going, getting into form. Brock Bowers still out, but, um, yeah, I, I like the under here and I like a low scoring matchup here. Going down, uh, uh, Bedlam. Uh, this last which, one, this this is sad. Unfortunately, last, not unfortunately not played in rivalry week, and also unfortunately, the last one like Jake's talking about here. Uh, the Sooners are favored minus six in Stillwater. Uh, Oklahoma's looked really lackluster the last two weeks. Uh, they barely scraped by USC or uh, UCF, mm-hmm. and then they obviously suffered the defeat to Kansas. I think they're due for kind of a get-right game, and uh, I think uh, against the Pokes, it could be the right time. But on the flip side of this, that environment in Stillwater is going to be more hostile than any Bedlam game uh, ever, I think. Uh, I mean, I think Oklahoma State is going to be very, very into this one, so that could be something to keep an eye on. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they rioted up there in Stilly. Yeah. Listen, this was the game that I personally wanted to go to. We had, um, again, our college football tour, me and my college buddies. We do it every year. Um, and this was the game I wanted to go to. Uh, I thought last year at Bedlam that who knows when they'll play each other again in Oklahoma City. It's going to be loud, hostile, toxic. 
Um, for a series that always seems like it provides a close game, Oklahoma State never seems to win it. Uh, I, I want to say Oklahoma's won nine out of the last ten, and probably even more when you go deeper. I think Oklahoma is due for a get-right game. However, this isn't Stillwater. I am not betting on this game. Mm, I'm not betting. I would, I would stay far, far away. Uh, and usually this is the, the other game. part of this, too, is uh, we kind of counted Oklahoma State off, I think, or at least I did, after that huge loss to South Alabama and then a loss to Iowa State. They've rattled off four straight wins against Kansas State, Kansas, West Virginia, and Cincinnati. Uh, and the West Virginia and Cincinnati games were like Cincinnati wasn't close. Uh, so maybe Oklahoma State's kind of found something. Uh, they're four and one in the Big 12. So all of a sudden, like there's a five way tie at the top of the conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, five different teams with one loss. So it could be fun. Yeah, and this is a game that usually you you don't even look at what the over under is, and you're just gonna you're gonna blindly bet the over. I don't know if I want to. Over under is sixty two. I don't know. Uh, this is not a, a bedlam game where you just automatically bet the over. Like both of the these teams play defense, so I don't think this is gonna be a typical bedlam game where it's you know like you know uh, you know forty nine forty six. Um, so if I was anybody, I would just sit back and enjoy the last the the last year of Bedlam. Next up, the Sun Belt. James Madison five and a half point under or sorry, favorites against Georgia State. I know this is one isn't on a lot of people's cards, but this right here is going to be a good football game. Uh Georgia State, um, is a good football. This is a solid non-power five football team. James Madison is running through the Sun Belt. Uh, and I think they continue to run through the Sun Belt. I think James Madison wins this game against Georgia State. Yeah, James Madison is just good. Let him in the postseason, please. For, mm-hmm. for like let him let him play for the conference title. Let him play in a bowl game. Uh this has been they've really been a fun team to watch this year as well. Uh, they have the the victory over Troy earlier this year. That was a big Sun Belt matchup. Uh, you know, there's a real chance that James Madison finishes this season undefeated, uh, and it would be a shame for them not to play in the postseason. Yeah, and and we, we we've talked about this before about why it happens, but <sighs> this team deserves to be. I mean, man, if you were a junior and like a junior and senior upperclassman on these teams. It's got to be a little heartbreaking, but listen, if they go undefeated, raise the banner. Undefeated season. If you go undefeated, raise the banner. Claim that um, national championship. Yep, claim it. Um, next one, Penn State at Maryland. Maryland is a 10-point home underdog. There was some shifting here in this one. This one started as uh, – a 10 and a half point line. Then it went up to 11 and a half. Now it's down to 10. Um, I don't want to say something and then it come back to bite me. I think Penn state's going to kill him. I think so too. I think Maryland's just down, but I'm, I'm going to stay away from this game just because I feel like it's kind of one of them that ends up getting a little weird sometimes. It's yeah. Um, I think Penn state wins this game handedly. I think they're going to, successfully run the football, control the game. And I think Maryland is going to be a little too one dimensional on offense for that Penn state defense. I think the Penn state defense is going to come in locked in very locked in because of giving up 24 points to Indiana, knowing full well that 14 of those points were self-inflicted wounds. Uh, a guy to watch out for from Maryland. Uh, I know we don't talk too much about Maryland on here. They come up once in a while. But uh, Hemby, their running back, is really good. Very underrated player. They also have a couple wide receivers. Uh, look for uh, – I forget his first name. Oh, uh, I think it's Justin. But anyway, Prather, uh, transfer from West Virginia. He was looking at Penn State, chose Maryland instead. Um and you know what? Listen, Talia Tagovailoa has not had great success against Penn State. He wants to get a a win against Penn State before he goes to the NFL. Um, 
I think Penn State handles Maryland here. I think it might be close early in the game, but I think Penn State blows them out in the second half. I like Penn State to cover the 10-point spread. Out West, uh, Washington, minus 3.5 at USC. Uh, Look, it feels like Washington is going to get upset at some point this year. I just – I I don't think it's it. I I disagree. And maybe that's just because I don't want to see USC win. I don't know why. Uh, Maybe it was the air of superiority. Maybe it was them leaving the Pac-12 for the Big Ten. I don't know what what it is, what kind of like bias that I have that that is telling me that I'm going to take Washington here. Uh, But I'm taking Washington minus three and a half. I got USC. USC beats Washington. This is Washington's loss this year. I'm telling you, this is the chaos game. This is the chaos week, and I'm fully invested in it, and I think I'm going to invest into chaos. I like USC to beat Washington here in the Coliseum. Uh, Staying out west, Pac-12 after dark, UCLA minus three at Arizona. I'm taking Arizona. I'm taking Arizona to win again. You think so? You know what, Jay? I'm following you. Yes. Give me Arizona again. UCLA is going to. Is it weird that we're going to talk about UCLA possibly having a hangover against Colorado and Arizona, who just beat the 11th team, not saying they're going to have a hangover? It is a little bit weird, isn't it? But it feels that way. It feels that way. I I like Arizona in this ball game. I really do. And here's the other thing. I think UCLA could have. Uh, that game, UCLA-Colorado, was a lot closer than it should have been. Um, UCLA fumbled the ball like four times. Um, they they should have really blown out Colorado by more. But I really like what Arizona's doing. I really do. Um, actually, you know what? I'm backing out. I'm backing out. I'm letting you have Arizona. I'm having second thoughts. Having second thoughts. <laughs> You've already talked yourself out of it. I've talked myself out of it. Um. I'm not betting. Not betting on that one. Nope. I have no. It's Pac-12 after dark. Enjoy it. I yeah. I like UCLA's defense. Um, act, I like UCLA better. I do. I'm going back and forth. This, this is going to be a game time decision for me. I'm not sure with this one. Not sure. Um, uh, we're staying at West, but we're going to the Mountain Best instead of the, the Pac-12. Uh, Boise State at Fresno State. Uh, Fresno State's minus three. This is the uh, the old milk can is uh, what these oh, two teams right. play yeah. for. Uh, it's a fun, fun little rivalry trophy here. Uh, I think I like Boise, honestly. Oh, I like Fresno. And the game like is Fresno. at Fresno State, but oh. Boise State coming off that big win against Wyoming. Uh, Boise State has the loss to Colorado, but that was kind of a fluke in my mind. Because uh, 21 points in four minutes still yeah. kind of like, it feels like that shouldn't have happened. That was just kind of a freak deal. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I like Boise in this one. I like Fresno. I like Fresno's offense. And I tell you what, I think Fresno's, I think Fresno's rush defense is going to at least limit Boise. This, that's how Boise operates. Um, I like, I like Bulldogs here. I like Bulldogs in the Valley. All right, uh, and then the last game we have on the docket here, I believe you're going to be there. Uh, I will in Tuscaloosa for LSU at Alabama. Alabama is a minus three and a half point favorite. Yeah, this is this is the game of the week. College game day is going to be there. I'm I'm so excited to experience a game day in Alabama. Um, LSU at Alabama. Alabama three and a half point favorites. Um, you know what? I'm gonna be there, and I like Alabama here. I do. I think LSU defensively is a little bit of a liability. I think this is a perfect game for Alabama to get their offense back on the right track. I like Crimson Tide here. Jay, what are you thinking? Man, I just, I think with the struggles that LSU has had defensively, where they're still giving up a ton of points to people, uh, Alabama should be able to score, and I think they'll do enough on defense to slow down uh, the LSU attack. Uh, The other side of this is it feels like Alabama's just getting better as this year goes on. 
And uh, I, I just I don't see LSU stopping them. I don't see LSU slowing them down. And I think Alabama is going to be able to score it well against the LSU defense that has struggled. So uh, I'm taking Alabama minus three and a half as well. All right. Um, for everybody listening, I just want to say I will be in Tuscaloosa Friday night, and then I'll be there also for the game. So if anybody's listening um, who is a Crimson Tide fan or is going to be at the game, you know, reach out to us, DM us at the GB coach on X slash Twitter or my personal Twitter account um, at CFB Jake. Tell me where to go. Tell me where, um, you know, what bars to go to tell us uh, what to check out uh, for the game day atmosphere. Um, let us know my first time, first time ever in Alabama. First time, um, you know, obviously at, um, Bryant Denny stadium. It's going to be a heck of a weekend. I am so excited for it. Um, and if anybody listening wants to, uh, come say hello, hang out, or just, you know, give us a recommendation, 100% open to it. Um, but yeah, so excited for this weekend. I can't wait, man. I can't wait to see the pictures. I'm going to be living vicariously through you. I will be at UTSA, UNT, and Denton. Uh, so I'll get a little group of five rivalry action going on. These two teams have played each other for the uh, Conference USA Championships two years running, and now they've gone over to the American. So uh, there's a little bit of history there. should be fun to watch uh, the Roadrunners and, and the Mean Green go at it. Yeah, man. Um, again, everybody, follow us on Instagram, Uh at the get back coach, follow us there. Follow us on Twitter slash X. Um, I'm going to be posting a whole bunch of stuff all weekend long. So definitely follow us. And, you know, thank you again for tuning in once again. College football is almost, almost over guys. Uh, Rate, Jay, you like, got subscribe, do all yeah. the uh, things that help us uh, out more than, you know, uh, again, if you want to sponsor us, Consider sliding in our DMs. Business is uh, business is open. Uh, we would like to make money, and money is nice. <laughs> money is always nice. Um, but no, it's it's going to be a great weekend, guys. Week ten, I'm telling you, the chaos of college football is coming. This is going to be chaos weekend. Mark my words. This is when everything we thought we know about the college football world right now. And this season is going to be boop, flipped on its head. I'm telling you, guys, gr- all great games, great FCS games, Maction's back tonight. Uh, great games on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, obviously. It's it's going to be a heck of a weekend. Tune in, slide in our DMs, follow us, and have a great week. <laughs>